You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing profitability and patient satisfaction through whitening. Our guest and expert on the topic, Dr. Gerard Kugel, an associate dean for research and professor of comprehensive care at Tufts University School of Dental Medicine. Dr. Kugel has published over 120 articles and over 300 abstracts in the field of restorative materials and techniques. He lectures both nationally and internationally and is part of a group practice, the Trinity Dental Center, located in Back Bay, Boston. Dr. Kugel, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Phil, thanks for having me back. I uh, always enjoy talking to you. Yeah, so uh, you did a great podcast previously, and for those listeners that haven't listened to it, uh, it's titled Why Understanding the Basics of Whitening is Good for Your Bottom Line. So tap into that one. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, or VivaLearning.com under the podcast section. And today, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about profitability and patient satisfaction through whitening. So let's start right in. Our first question is, can you provide our listeners with three steps on how to incorporate tooth whitening into their practice? Well, first of all, every dental practice should be incorporating tooth whitening because it is such a common, as we said in our other podcast, excuse me, uh, such a common procedure. Um, You always need to offer it at the initial exam. So when you're seeing a patient for the first time, regardless of their other situation, uh, I almost always ask, um, I guess unless they're a dentalist, <laughs> I always ask, how do you feel about the color of your teeth? Um, now, when they tell me they're comfortable with the color, there was a period where I would just let it go at that point. But what I'll do now is if they're an A3, which is, of course, a little bit darker or something along those lines, I'll say, well, I know you're comfortable with the color, but if you ever want to whiten your teeth, we have the opportunity to do that for you, but you need to do it before we do any other procedure, because once I do that crown, I can't change the color of the crown. So you need to be smart about how you present it. And and I said in my last podcast, um, I incorporate whitening so often as a perk. I'll give you an example, and I can give you a a hundred examples. Uh, About two weeks ago, I whitened one of uh, my patient's future husband for free. I didn't even know him. She's been a patient. She's getting married. The wedding's coming up. She had gone through whitening and done all the good stuff. And she said to me, oh, my my husband, my future husband, he's got yellow teeth. He hasn't done anything. The wedding's, you know, two weeks away. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to do anything. I said, tell you what. I said, Mary, bring him in. I'm going to give you a wedding present. I'm going to whiten his teeth. And uh, she not only was happy, she actually got pretty choked up. And I said, get him in. So he came in. Um, introduced him to me. We put him in the chair, did our exam, you know, checked his blood pressure, all that good stuff, checked his teeth and said, let's go ahead. We did the whitening. Uh, he now is a patient in the practice, just so you know. Hmm. I whitened his teeth as a wedding present. Nice um, present. It's a nice present. And yeah. don't kid yourself, when you do that, she will refer everybody to my practice. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another woman, a 45-year-old woman. She had really a tough dentition. Her teeth were worn cavities, missing teeth. When she first came in, I, she had no resources. I told her the best I can do is I'll try to do some composites, maybe a partial denture. This is a good story for young dentists. Um, but she couldn't afford the crown and bridge she needed. So about two weeks later, she comes into the office and says, I just want to see Dr. Kugel. She said, I want to go ahead and do the crowns. I got the finances. And I said, well, I said, Rebecca, how'd you do that? She goes, I took a mortgage on my house, which was very touching. So we did a bunch of crown and bridge. Uh, we did some implants, but she couldn't do her lower anterior teeth, couldn't afford it. 
So at the end of all of the work, I said, Rebecca, I'll tell you what, I'm going to whiten your teeth. It's a gift to you. You've been a great patient. It's normally a $550 procedure. We're going to do the Zoom, which is what we use in our office. Um, we did the Zoom whitening, and when she was done, she started crying in the chair. And she was just in this past week, and she's amazing. She wrote the most amazing and if you go to our website, if you go to my office at Trinity Boston, you'll see some pretty impressive reviews. She wrote the most amazing review I've ever read from any dental practice anywhere for the mm. way we treated her. And it, most of it was because I did a whitening on her, which, frankly, was probably the simplest thing I did of all was the whitening. I ended up doing, what, 20 crowns on her. Um, so there's a good example of how you can incorporate whitening into your practice. It doesn't always have to be dollar for dollar. The return I get. On, the, on doing what I do as a perk is so much better a return than if I would just worry about making money on the whitening. Yeah, so the satisfaction factor is just so huge. And oh. and that's, and the immediate satisfaction factor based on the in-office system that you're, I guess you're currently using. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We uh, so, so there's, uh, there's a couple of systems. I think the most popular is probably the Philips one. Uh, I you can use there's different tray systems available. We happen to use their their tray systems, uh, peroxide or carbamide peroxide. Um, and another thing I've done recently, which is interesting, I do a lot of microabrasion of hydrochloric acid and pumice, or you can buy you know Prima or Opal Luster. I see so many patients with white spots, and not to go on and on, but I had a Young boy, had braces, braces came off. He wasn't my patient, mother was. She brings him in, wants to do veneers or crowns. And I said, no, 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 I microabraded him. I showed him all my lectures, which means I rubbed away the white spots, rub, 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 rinse. Um, then I zoom whitened him chair side and gave him a tray to touch up at home. And he, dramatic, when I say a dramatic difference, dramatic. Um, sometimes something as simple as whitening maybe getting rid of some white spots can really make a difference in a patient's life. And I do a lot of big crown and bridge cases. This is really the easiest thing I do. Mm -hmm. So what reason could possibly be out there where dentists wouldn't be incorporating whitening in their practice? Are they afraid that it's going to cannibalize their indirect work? You know, I don't, I think might be lack of understanding at some level. Um, even the, the microabrasion technique, I lecture on it a lot and I get more questions about that in combination with whitening. I usually get rid of the white spots first and whiten. Um, I think part of it is not understanding their options. Um, I'm not really sure. Part of it is misconceptions about safety of whitening. Um, I've been doing whitening research for God knows how long now, 25 years. I, if you Google my name, I've published so many papers in the whitening area. And in terms of safety, there's not an issue. It's patient satisfaction. Absolutely, it's, it's a benefit. And yes, you need to present it early on. Yes, you need to make them aware that you may need to change their restorations. There are some new composites out there that may make that not necessary. Maybe they'll change color with the color of the tooth. But for now, that might be a limitation on why people don't whiten white have a whitening in their office, but I can't understand why that would be the case. It mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense to me. I know that you don't harm the tooth in any way based on all your expertise and knowledge, and you've written so much about it, as you say. We've all read a lot of your articles. Can some practitioners uh, damage the teeth using uh, whitening in their office? You know, there are whitening abusers. Uh, we have seen them, uh, even in some of the early studies, people who... Uh, when I say whitening abusers, they're addicted to whitening. I'll frankly tell you, even in those cases, we don't see a lot of damage to their teeth. 
Uh, we do a lot of safety and efficacy in all our early studies in particular. We have to record safety and efficacy. We even did a five-year follow-up on a study where we whitened people for six months. One group got tray um, and one group actually got strips in this case. And we followed them over a five-year period for any adverse events. We had nothing. So I, I don't know why they wouldn't do it, Phil. I just don't yeah. really get so, why anybody wouldn't. Yeah, and as a segue to that question, are there any common complications that can be prevented um, yeah. and safeguarded for patient satisfaction? Well, when it comes to the trays, one of the things that, you know, when you look at the data, not just me, but there's a number of people out there who've done research in this, um, probably about half of our patients in our studies have some type of sensitivity for whitening. It could be transient tray or, or the, the light. Now, the good thing about the light in the old days, um, actually before Philips took over Zoom, it was a different company. Uh, Philips really modified the light, modified the ability to adjust the intensity. And I always joke, who knows more about lights than Philips, frankly. It's probably Philips lights <laughs> you're sitting in. Um, if anybody's going to modify an LED light, it's going to be Philips. So the sensitivity has gone down, but you can have an issue with a, a poorly designed tray if it's tray whitening. You can have a problem with um, too high a concentration causing sensitivity, and that's if you're doing a take-home using a high concentration. Um, what we can do for the chair side, and I guess theoretically the tray, we can use a morpheus calcium phosphate with fluoride. Um, there's, there's a couple out there. Philips has one called Relief ACP. You can use a desensitizing toothpaste um, with um, uh, desensitizers in it, like Sensodyne, Crest Desensitizer. Frankly, anything like that will help, but you can never guarantee that somebody won't have some sensitivity. If it's a tray, you can say to the patient, wear it every other day. Concentration and time with whitening may take longer, but they will get whiter. You may drop the concentration of the gel. So kind of the beauty of the chair side for me is it's an hour chair side. I may give them a touch-up, either a, a, a whitening pen. Um, sometimes they don't want to use a tray, or I give them a tray. The whitening pen, uh, Phillips has them. There's other ones out there. Um, it's a nice option. So you can eliminate most of those issues, uh, but there are times where people are going to have sensitivity. Yeah, great, great answer and great information in there. Um, so a patient gets whitening and they love it. From that pool of patients where you do those whitening procedures, how many of those continue on with uh, additional restorative work? Well, it's funny. So it's a great question. I think whitening is, uh, is the, I guess, the door to restorative dentistry. I think there are a lot of patients that will whiten and then get excited about restoring their teeth, changing their lousy looking, as they'll say, uh, posterior crowns. So I've whitened patients where after I've done the whitening, they've got a couple of crowns in the back of the mouth that now jump out at them. And they'll say, you know what? I, it's time to replace these. I'll tell you a funny story. I had a case where I whitened uh, a woman, uh, did some composites on her, nothing major. Um, her husband, she says, I need you to look at my husband, Steve. He's needs whitening. I get him in. He's a very successful business guy, but does not care about his teeth. Now, this is an interesting commentary. So so the benefit for my restorative wasn't necessarily whitening him, although it turned out to be. I whitened his wife, did a little bit of dentistry on her. He comes in and his teeth were, in quotes, a mess. Uh, I whitened him. He ended up restoring half his dentition, mm -hmm. became one of my better patients, had I not whitened his wife, number one, which motivated her to send him in to me, once he got comfortable with me, he sold a business. He's got more money than both of us put together. Um, I'm sure. 
And uh, and it wasn't the money. I always tell dentists, I lecture all the time to dental students, they guys, don't assume because somebody's teeth aren't in great shape, they can't afford it. That could be it, but also maybe assume that they're afraid of the dentist. Maybe they had a lousy experience. Maybe they're just not motivated. Mm -hmm. So whitening somebody's teeth can motivate them to do other restorative procedures. And that's why in uh, my other podcast to you, I was saying you always have to offer it early on because it's important to make sure they know before you do any restorative work. Right, right. No, that's amazing. So, so the moral of the story is get the wife in and do all the waiting <laughs> on her. No, I mean, I mean, you could just imagine the husband, this very wealthy guy you're describing, sees his wife and sees these beautiful teeth, and then he looks in the mirror, and all of a sudden he notices that his teeth, even though his teeth looked pretty ragged for the last 30 years, right. that wasn't a priority for him. And his wife never, right. his wife never really cared, because if she pushed him and pushed him, he probably would have had it done. Right. So she's a good wife, but now you made her teeth so beautiful. Now he's looking at hers. And then he says, how was that? Was that that like, you know, what what was entailed in getting your teeth looking so good? And she said how easy it was. So she basically sold it for you without a doubt. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. And I joke with patients. I'll say to them, you know what? You know, I'm at that age now where, um, you know, people are, you know, the baby boomers. I'm at the tail end of the baby boomers. They don't like what's happening to them. I'm sure, you know, right. we both look in the mirror and I remember what I looked like when I was 20. I still think I'm 20, but I'm not. Right. So I'll say to patients, there's not a lot we can do for ourselves to make us look better. But whitening your teeth, assuming they don't need crowns of veneers, whitening your teeth is one of the simplest things I can do to make you look better outside of surgery. And I'm not doing surgery on you, uh, cosmetic surgery. And it's kind of funny how often it, and my, my patients that are re resistant to that will look at me and say, you know, you make a good point. You know, what the hell? I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Right. So well, um, I always say my age and I'm in the same bracket <laughs> you are. I say, what, what am I saving myself for at this point? <laughs> no, you're right. Why? Why not? I yeah. mean, look, like 20 years ago, I, I I may have doubted it. Maybe there was something negative about doing something to the teeth where you're bleaching it. You know, I used to Van Haywood swore that if you do it right, it was safe. But yep. you know, who believes research when it's a personal thing? But um, <laughs> no, no so, you're right. Uh, that's uh, absolutely. I'm I'm actually after this podcast, I'm going to be looking at getting my. If I lived right near Trinity Dental Center, I'd be there probably. In the next, huh. well, your first earliest appointment, that's what I'd be doing. And, and I'm not working at, By the way, it would be an easy appointment because I wouldn't have to worry too much. I mean, it, the only problem is you'd come in and I'd find a bunch of restorations I had to do. Yeah. Well, I, the problem that I have is lower anterior, you know, teeth being uh, crooked, lower anterior teeth. So that yeah. you'll whiten them, but they'll still be crooked. Um, uh, well, just, we, can, uh, we can do line too. Come up to Boston. I'll yeah. take care of it. Yeah, I, I, may <laughs> I, may take you out, I may take you up on that. Um, oh, good. How last question on this podcast and we'll wrap it up. And again, this was sure. excellent. How has your office production changed since incorporating in office whitening? Well, I'll tell you, it's improved. Obviously, we you know, I've been doing whitening for so long, so it's not like this is a new thing to incorporate it. Um, I think what we've done in the office, our staff is extremely well trained. They've been to my lectures on whitening. They can answer questions. They love doing the Zoom. So it was funny on uh, Wednesday when we did. Uh, God, that was yesterday. <laughs> God. Uh, yesterday, when we did the whitening on that patient, I had a crazy day. I did, I did a course last night at my office, so I'm tired. Um, yesterday, I whitened her. My hygienist did the whitening because my hygienist had an opening. So I said, why don't you go in and do Kathy's whitening? My hygienist loves doing the whitening. And I, I bring this up because it generates income. The staff enjoys doing it. So I have a happy staff. Um, 
that income with the number of dentists we have, we've all been trained in whitening. We're all on the same page in whitening. Um, we also will do sometimes promotions with, we have a Wayfair across the street, a uh, huge comp complex with thousands and thousands of employees. Um, so it produces income for all the dentists in the practice. It produces patients for us. So, so I'll give you an example. In our practice, we get um, 80 to 100 plus patients a month. We had a meeting last night before we did this course, and we were talking about our new patients. So 100 patients last month came through the front door. So we're seeing, you know, on a bad month, 180 to 100. Part of that is our whitening. Mm -hmm. So it generates income in the chair. It generates patients in the front door. Um, and I could sit there and give you the numbers. It's pretty impressive. But and also we are a good dental practice. I think we probably have some of the best dentists in the country working there. So whitening is one thing on our menu. Maybe it's the appetizer. Right. Um, the main course can be pretty elaborate, but they want a good appetizer and it makes the meal taste better. So when I whiten their teeth as an appetizer, um, it just and it, they also become comfortable with you in the practice because it's not a very stressful thing for them. They see the efficiency. You're connecting with the patient. You're building the trust and you're providing an incredible service because they're getting almost yeah. immediate satisfaction, especially with the Zoom system that you're using. Right. Um, and, and the thing, again, I think when I do a chair side for them, um, if I give them a tray, so look, I, and trays work very well, and, and we do tray whitening, obviously. Um, but somebody wants chair side, kind of the nice thing for us is they're in the chair, it's done. There's a little felt pen that I like um, that is a, it's a peroxide pen that I'll tell some people who don't want to wear a tray at all, after the whitening, a day or two later, use it in the morning. Uh, after you brush your teeth, use it for a week, couple of days, monitor your whitening. You know, in the old days, we used to bring people in after their whitening, both chair side and tray. I mean, in the old days, I mean way back. And we'd monitor them for safety. If you talk to most dentists, we don't do that anymore because we're not having any issues with that. Mm -hmm. So from a production standpoint, I'm not tying up a chair to bring them back in. Uh, if I whiten them, it's my staff doing it, and we're generating good income. So for a hundred different reasons, it's very profitable if you know what you're doing, if you're smart, and you know how to communicate with your patients. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, what do you charge a patient uh, for for a, a one office visit, and how long are they actually in the chair? And and yeah, did so they take up your chair time? No. So we have seven chairs. The only time it's a problem is actually on Wednesday because we have three docs. Um, and we have one or two hygienists, so I only have the two additional chairs. Uh, I'm there on Monday with one other doc, so there's only two of us on Monday. So I prefer to do it when I know there's a spare chair. We usually have the spare assistant, so we'll put them in the chair. Now, you realize, too, once you're whitening them, you don't theoretically have to be sitting in there, but you need to be in earshot of the patient in case there's a problem. Mm -hmm. So um, for us, we will uh, get them in um, – for about an hour, it takes about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes because there's a little bit of getting set up time. Um, if we're making them trays, we'll have that ready usually beforehand for a touch up or I'll give them the pen to touch up, the whitening pen. Um, so yeah, about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes of chair time is all it is. Um, I mean, it doesn't take any of my time. I'm doing a crown and bridge case and I go in and say hi. And when they're done, I go back in and say, how do you feel? We take, we always take photos. But you always have to take photos, do the before photos, the after photos, do it with a shade tab. This is not a big deal. My staff does it. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a very easy, we use a Shofu intro camera for the staff. Simple to use. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard great things about that camera. 
It is a great little camera. Uh, we updated it. We used to have the old version of it now. It's not an inexpensive camera, and people say that to me, but the beauty of it is it's so easy to use. My staff has no issue with yeah, it. Yeah, uh, the dental offices absolutely love this camera. It's it, For those of you who are listening, and again, Shofu has no sponsorship involved here yeah, at all. Um, do you know the model number of it? I knew you were going to ask it. I used to call it the, it's not the dental eye. Yeah, I, I can't. It's something with eye. Yeah. Yeah, if you Google if you Google Shofu and look for dental camera, basically, right? Um, exactly. It's like one of the most popular cameras among dentists and staff, and all I hear is great things about it. Um, yeah, and, it's so, and when you're whitening, you always want to do the photos so you have a record of their color. Number one, you need it because it's a good thing to have. And if they rebound, you can always show them where they dropped off, and they might want to do a touch-up, or they could zoom whiten. You know, if they want to zoom whiten, you know, once a year, come back in. That's their call. Um, or they can t- get a tray and touch up at home. Everybody rebounds in whitening, no matter how you do it. They're going to rebound eventually, and there's right. data on that. Everybody's different, different right. habits, different teeth, different genetics, but it will happen. Right. And what's the general fee for that, for that service? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. So we do 550 for the chair. If we're doing a tray, you know, it all depends. We, we charge, uh, well, it depends. We charge 500 for an upper or lower. I'll charge 300 for one arch if somebody's got crowns. Um, I usually don't do a single arch. Or if I'm doing a single arch, I often don't charge them for it because it's after I've done restorative work on them. Right. So we charge for the in-office about 550. Uh, we charge about 500 for a tray bleaching. I, I, the reason I'm hesitating on that, I vary the price so much. Right. Um, I'll have a patient who is a good patient of mine. They want to whiten. I'll say, you know what, John, 300 bucks. Don't worry about it. Um, so I, my staff goes nuts at the front desk. So, oh my God, Dr. Kobe's discounting this patient. But, <laughs> what they, but what they do get, it's, or Phil, you know, you're my patient. Phil, right. you've been with me for years. You're a great guy. You know what? Just do it. If you don't want to do the Zoom, I'll make you a tray. I'll charge you 300 bucks. I'm, right. I'm giving you a $300 break. That goes so far. Oh, absolutely. You can't, absolutely. you can't get an appointment with me. If you call yeah. the office, it's months to you get in. That, you do that over a period of years and you, you, you built an incredible practice, which you, which you have. You said you have 15 dentists in your practice? We're, we're up to 15 now, yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. And how many yeah. years? Well, they're not all there at the same time. No, so no, no. To make of it course clear. Right. Two days for this one, one day for that one, two days for that one. But, yeah, all the specialties yeah. except Thank for endo. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, all, right. all right. Well, listen, uh, again um, – Another great podcast by Dr. Gerard Kugel. We loved having you. I, I know when I passed you by the Chicago show in the aisle, I said, we're doing a podcast together. It's going to be great. And it's just, it, it went beyond my expectations. Fantastic. Huh. Yeah. So, I, and we've known each other a long time, so it's always easy to talk to you. Yeah. Pleasure, pleasure. And uh, thanks so much again. And we'll hope to have you on another podcast soon. All right. But keep up the good work, by the way. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>